Today on Hardwired. As Satan commands an army of evil spirits that are at war against God, his holy angels, and his saints. And his target is human beings. Both those lost in sin and those that belong to Christ. The entire human race is under attack, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because God so loved that world that he gave his only begotten son. So Satan attacks the lost and the found. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a real honor to be able to bring to you a message from God's Word. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I want to begin a series that is so important. I can't think of anything more relevant for the Church of Jesus Christ today than to speak on the battlefield of the mind. You know, we're all in a battle. We're in in an intense spiritual warfare, I think more intense than I've ever seen it. And there is a great battle for your thoughts and mine. We're going to see in this series that the devil attacks our thought life. That's where the real battle is waged. So today, in this brand new series on the battlefield of the mind, I wanted to start out by laying a foundation on how the battle really does happen in your thoughts and my thoughts, that it's in our thought life that the devil attacks. It's our thought life that comes under assault from hell, and it's our thoughts that we need to protect from the enemy's lies and deceptions. So let's jump right in to the battlefield of the mind and talk about the battle for your thoughts. Let's go. We're in a spiritual battle. And I'm gonna tell you the spiritual battle is why we see everything physically that we do. It's behind the warfare, the conflict, the hostility, the crime, the spiritual warfare. Now, a lot of people hear about spiritual warfare and they're not really aware of exactly where it is waged. It's waged in the theater of your mind. Uh, As a matter of fact, spiritual warfare happens on the battlefield of the mind. And I believe the church is in warfare right now more than I've ever seen the church in warfare because we're now being attacked from without, attacked in the culture, attacked from the society we grew up in. More and more, Christianity is not the thing to do. You're not respected. You're not honored. You're not shown deference if you're a Christian because there's a warfare against God's word and against Christ and against God and against his standard of living. There's a warfare against it. But the world being at war is one thing, but us being at war is another. And I want to share with you today, I'm starting a series called The Battlefield of the Mind. And today I want to talk to you about the battle for your thoughts because Most everybody in here right now 
is in a battle in your thoughts. We're going to see today that it's in our thought life that we're attacked. And Spiritual Warfare 101 is learning how to take charge of our thoughts and be sure that we're thinking the way we should. Now, I'm going to read some verses that you all know very well, but I want you to listen carefully to the way this reads. It's in the New Living Translation, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Listen carefully to these words, and then we're going to be seated. Paul says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, therefore, since we're at battle with evil forces that are very real, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time or the day of evil or the evil day when Satan attacks you. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. That's God's will for all of us, that we're standing tall when the battle is done, not defeated. Stand your ground. Everybody say, stand your ground. Don't give up territory to the devil. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be able to be fully prepared. Above all, everybody say above all. Above. Now I've got that underlined. Well, in my notes I do, it didn't show up up there. But anyway, above all, hold up the shield of faith because what will it do? It will quench the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for your Word today. Enlighten us, illuminate our souls, our spirits with your truth. Change us and help us to get victory in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your neighbor and tell them it matters what you think about. Yeah, these verses clearly tell us some really important things. They let us know beyond dispute that we're in a supernatural battle with a supernatural being called Satan, or what he calls in Ephesians 6, the evil one. Satan, the devil, the accuser. We're in a battle. It's not with something made up. It's not with some fable or some idea or symbol of evil or something like that. But we're in a battle with an impersonal force or personality who is intelligent, crafty, evil. And Satan commands an army of evil spirits that are at war against God, his holy angels, and his saints. This is real. And his target is human beings both those lost in sin and those that belong to Christ. The entire human race is under attack, and I'm going to tell you why. Because God so loved that world that he gave his only begotten son. So Satan attacks the lost and the found. Now his goal with the lost is to keep them that way. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded, now notice where he operates, blinded the minds. He's blinded the minds 
of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Everybody say, cannot see. Now notice, where does Satan attack people who are lost? In their mind. Well, how do you attack a mind? In the thoughts. Now next week, I'm going to be talking about our battle with strongholds. But this is laying the foundation for next week's message. All right? Because we're going to deal with strongholds. What they are, how they're built, and how you tear them down. But I just want you to see this now. Satan has a target, and it's the minds of unbelievers. When you're lost, he is blinding you from discovering the truth of the gospel. And that's where the gospel comes in, because when somebody stands up to preach the gospel, the Bible says it's the power of God unto salvation. So that there is a power innate in the gospel. When you preach it, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I first heard that as a 16-year-old sitting in juvenile home with a felony on my record. I had never heard it, and when I heard it, it penetrated my mind, the lies. And the veil was removed, and I saw the truth of the gospel. But until somebody hears the gospel, their mind is literally supernaturally blinded. He operates in the mind. So they cannot see the glory of Jesus. His goal with the found, most of us in here today, is to render us unfruitful, defeated, and discouraged, to keep us on the mat, to keep us um, deflated, to keep us preoccupied with anything but Him. That is the Lord. Now, I want you to notice that Paul mentions a fiery dart. He said, the shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts that are sent against what? Sent against your mind. The Greek word for dart means missile, javelin, or an arrow. A dart in Paul's day, they were the bullets of Paul's day. They were a flaming arrow that had been dipped in pitch, which was a combustible substance, the, the arrow was then lit on fire and then fired at a target or fired at a human being. And they were designed to injure, disable, or kill, and nothing else. They were sent to destroy. So Paul is looking at the warfare of his day, and he's not only using the armor of a Roman soldier, but he's also using the weaponry of that day, and they were these fiery darts. They were greatly feared, because you could shoot one of these fiery darts and hit a house, or some structure where people were hiding and set it on fire, destroy it. So what was a fiery dart? What is he saying that the shield of faith will quench every fiery dart? Let me listen carefully now. A fiery dart is a fiery thought. The fiery darts that he's talking about are the thoughts. Are thoughts sent from the enemy, fired from the enemy's bow, straight out of hell into our thought life. It's a thought. And it's shot into the theater of your mind. It's a foreign thought. It's not from you, although a lot of times we think we're talking to ourselves or we're thinking about something ourselves. We don't realize we had a little help to go that direction with a fiery arrow shot into our mind. See, there's a battle going on right now in your and my thought life. And it's going to be waged every day. And it'll never stop until you go to heaven. That's why we've got to learn how to fight 
how to hold up that shield of faith and how to deal with wrong thoughts, with foreign thoughts that come from a wrong source. Now, speaking of sources, thoughts can come from one of three places, and they do, in your mind and mine. First, there's our carnal mind. Thoughts come from our carnal mind. Paul warned, if your thinking is controlled by your sinful self, otherwise your flesh, if your thinking is controlled by your flesh or your sinful self, that's spiritual death. But if you're thinking, now notice he's targeting the mind. Here again, we've got him talking about the mind as the battlefield of warfare. But if your thinking is controlled by the spirit, you have life and you have peace. So it matters what you think what you think about, where you let your thoughts go. Because the enemy is gonna initially attack you and me in our thought life. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in, or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Now, the second source First, it comes from your carnal mind. A thought can come from that. The second source is your born-again spirit that is one with God. Now, listen carefully to me. I'm going to tell you how a thought comes from God. Your born-again spirit. The Bible says, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. All right? So as soon as we're saved, we're one with Jesus Christ. Amen. When the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, we are now one with Him. We're one with Him. All right? And I'm going to talk about that more in just a moment, how thoughts come from God. But let me deal with the third source. You already know what it is. The third source of a thought is the devil. Thoughts come from your carnal mind. Now let's talk about from your carnal mind first. They come from your carnal mind. And when your carnal mind is giving you thoughts, it's almost always self-glorifying self-centered, and just flat-out selfish. Carnal thinking is always revolving around you. Your Godhead is not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's me, myself, and I. All right? Carnal thinking is all about you, focused on you, worshiping you. And having said that, where's our culture? It's all about self. It's all about me. Matter of fact, the carnal mind is all about me, me, me. And the Bible says it's corrupt and the carnal mind is not even subject to the law of God. It's the enemy of God. It's literally at war with God. The carnal mind will always lead you to go against God. The Bible says it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be, Romans 8, 7. Now, then you come to thoughts that come from God, from your spirit. Thoughts from your spirit are the channel God uses to communicate with you and me. Now listen carefully. Jesus said about God, he said, God's a spirit. God's not like you and me. 
He's not a God of flesh and bones. He's a spirit. Jesus said, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth, but he's a spirit. And how does he come into our lives? By the Holy Spirit. And where does he go? He goes inside of us and it's our spirit that becomes one with him. And it's our spirit that is made alive through Jesus Christ. So when God talks to you and me, he talks to our heart. He ministers to our spirit. He speaks to us on the inside. Now, I got to give a disclaimer here. Any thought claiming to be of God should be tested by the word of God. So I'm not telling you to run off and just do anything that you feel your inner man is telling you to do because you need to test everything by the word of God. But having said that, how does God communicate to you and to me? In our spirit. When you read the word of God, what is being edified? Your spirit. Your mind is being renewed, but your spirit is being edified. That's why it talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So God talks to us in here. He nudges us in here. We can feel grieved in here. If we grieve the Holy Spirit, we feel joy in here. If we walk with God and please God and worship God, there's joy in our spirit. Because God communicates with our inner man. He communicates with our heart. He speaks to our heart. For instance, let me give you an example. We can have a thought from God like this right out of nowhere. I think I should call so-and-so and make sure they're okay. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden, I think I need to call so-and-so. Now, and it's from God, but how'd that happen? Because God communicates to your spirit that he wants you to call so-and-so. Your spirit takes that message, agrees with it, and communicates it to your mind as a thought. All of a sudden you get a thought like, I should call so-and-so. And it's accompanied with peace and this little nudge on the inside. All right. It may seem like an inner knowing more than a distinct voice, but it still comes like a conscious thought. This has happened to a lot of you, I'm sure. All of a sudden you think, I need to do this or that or the other. How long since I talked to that person? Or I need to call my kids or my friend or uh, I need to do this and that. I need to go witness to that person. You're sitting in a place and suddenly a thought comes witness to that person. But where did it originate? In here. God spoke to your heart and, your, and then the Spirit of God translates it into a thought. And God gives you a thought. You go, I think I'm going to call them. I feel a peace about calling them. And so you call them and what do they say? Wow, I can't believe you called me. I've been asking God to please help me in the battle I'm having. And you go, it was the Lord. Amen. But God talked to your heart. God spoke to your heart. It comes out of nowhere, and as soon as you think the thought, it brings peace, and it brings joy, and you do it, because the Lord began talking here, and it became a thought. God gives thoughts. Yeah. And you just thought you were brilliant, but you're not brilliant. God gave you a thought, right? But now watch this. When the devil gives you a thought, it has a very different effect. Now, you need to know this about the devil. I'm here to expose him, not lift him up. I'm going to preach him down. Let me tell you how he works. He's very subtle. Where you think you're just talking to yourself, but the thought has been planted there, shot there as a fiery arrow. He might play on your pride or your love of money or some inner lust. 
He uses the weaknesses of our flesh to plant thoughts, temptations into our mind. For instance, you're driving down the highway after a long day at work, and out of the blue, a thought accompanied by a very strong inner impulse comes. And it says, why don't you give so-and-so a call? But watch this. It happens to be a member of the opposite sex. You used to date, and you're married. Did God give you that thought? Some of you are getting uncomfortable already. He's meddling. Yeah, I'm going to meddle. I'm going to expose the devil. I hate the devil and what he does to people. So yeah, it comes with an inner impulse. And it's the devil's job to dress it up, dress that thought up, to make it look innocent. It's no big deal. They haven't heard from you in a while. You, you know, you're not up to anything. Just, you're okay. Give him a call. It's justified. He'll justify it. He's really good at putting lipstick on a pig. He'll dress it in all kinds of finery. He'll dress it and make that thought look like, hey, no big deal, it's innocent. It's innocent. Or here you are, you're driving down the highway, long day at work, and the thought hits you accompanied with a strong inner impulse. Now, what's the inner impulse? It's your flesh. God talks to your spirit. The devil talks to your flesh. Now, watch this. Why don't you stop at the bar and have a few before going home? When, you know, you had a drinking issue in the past, and that's the last thing you need to do. But it comes all dressed in, you deserve a break today. <laughs> Just go on in and have a few. It's okay, God understands. You're full of stress. Go ahead, pull in. You won't stay long. Five hours later, you come crawling out of there. <laughs> but I'm showing you, the devil uses our fleshly weaknesses to plant thoughts. Now, another way to know it's the devil's voice is if it's accusatory and condemning. Listen carefully to me. He loves to make you and me feel rotten, unworthy, and valueless before God. Suddenly in your mind, there you are, you're driving home. All these things are happening while you're driving home. You're driving home, and before you know it, you're running yourself down in your thoughts. You're building a case against yourself in your thoughts, accusing yourself thinking how you don't deserve God's blessings and have no right to be in church or no, no right to call yourself a Christian because you're this big hypocrite. And who are you to call yourself a Christian? Because you are such a hypocrite. And before you know it, you're just having this court trial against yourself. Where'd that come from? The Bible tells me about God. There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. So where's the thought coming from? It's coming from the condemner, the accuser of the brethren. He's attacking you about you to take you down and defeat you. Or he'll play on some fear, fear of sickness, fear of rejection, fear of loss. I was talking to somebody this week, a young man who contacted me who was just going through terrible fear, fear that something was wrong and they were going to die. And I had to minister to them about that. They had a stronghold. I'm going to talk to you about that next week. There was a stronghold in their mind. But he plays on fear. This is all part of spiritual warfare on the battlefield of the mind. And we don't even realize that we're involved in spiritual warfare. Now, notice that Paul said it's not just a dart, but it's on fire. Satan aims his fiery darts into our mind in hopes they stick long enough to start a fire of destruction. Listen carefully to me. Because he didn't just send a dart to hit you once. It's on fire. What's his intent? 
that it will burn and travel beyond you. Just one dart accepted into your mind is all it takes. Like a tiny match can burn down a great forest. So he sends a fiery arrow. It's on fire. It's not just an arrow, it's on fire. His intent is that one well-placed thought will lead to widespread destruction that reaches out and touches more than just you. Devil's sort of like a sleazy drug dealer. He wants to trap you into a lifestyle where you become a long-term customer. And he starts with a thought. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.